Welcome to the Goal Line Stands Night Talk ARU Football Podcast. I am Michael Lipinski, joined by Brett Halpern. And for those of you who do not know us in the Rectors community, we are the two schmucks that run the Goal Line Stand. I say that lovingly. I'm an Eagles fan. Brett is a Giants fan. And we're all football all the time. We're also men of Rutgers, and we talk a lot of Rutgers football. And we figured, what better than just to put this on the airwaves, right? Absolutely. And I'm also the one who, on the Scarlet Nation message board, posted Gina Carano's smile for all commitments. Oh, that is correct. I think yeah. It's a very important part of the process. Yeah, and I, I've been I've been going with my Daniel Bryan yes. Uh, yeah. Well, so on the message board, what is your name? I'm so jujitsu. Yeah, people might not people. Oh, okay. Yeah, I am jujitsu, and uh, I think I'm MJL five two. Yes, that's uh, yeah, that's your so, name. So those yeah. of you, we we're, we're out and about. We're in the in the Rutgers community. Uh, we run the goal line stand, thegoallinestand.com. We have a weekly, by well, not twice a week football podcast, uh, our wrap up show, and our football Friday show. You guys should check that out anywhere you find podcasts. And, that's true. Uh, and on our social media at GL Stand Show all over the place. And also for you Rutgers fans who happen to be combat sports fans, we also have a podcast in the fight show, which covers all combat sports. In addition to some pro wrestling uh, at in the fight show, check that out. Also on all social media platforms and podcast platforms. So this show here, it's going to be a bonus episode. It's going to, it's going to serve as kind of a get to know us kind of thing, but we're also going to look at the 2020 roster reveal for Rutgers, which finally showed up. And, uh, Brett talked me off a ledge yesterday, and we're going to get into that a little bit. But I wanted to start off, you know, what as a Rutgers fan, like what was your earliest memory being a Rutgers fan? Um, trying to think of, I don't know necessarily my early. I, I, I'm going to start with what I what I think is most important. State of New Jersey. Mike was a captain of Cherry Hill West. I was a captain of Cherry Hill East. Uh, Mike and I have a lot of pride with respect to. Not only at the time it was Olympic Conference football, which has now blossomed into West Jersey football, but we have a lot of pride in our state. This is our home. And to me, something that I always thought about was, you know, Rutgers really, and obviously they get players from out of state and sometimes out of the country, which we're actually going to get into a little bit in the roster reveal. But, you know, to me, there, it's a fraternity that you belong to when you see someone wearing their football jacket because you know, you went to battle with them, but you all represent New Jersey high school football. And I believe New Jersey high school football, particularly given the size of the state and everything else, pound for pound is one of the most talent rich States in all of the United States in terms of high school football. So to me, it, it's always been about representing the state. Um, and obviously you know, Mike and I had the, an amazing chat. We, we attended the 06 Louisville Rutgers game. And I think what I was blown away by was it was the first time in my life I had ever seen something so positive about, and it wasn't just Rutgers. It was the state of New Jersey. There were people there proud to be, to say, hey, I'm from New Jersey. This is, look, this is, you know, the state of New Jersey, we think of, Snooky, we think of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. We think of uh, the Sopranos. We think of, you know, issues regarding Governor McGreevy, though, frankly, I don't necessarily think 
I mean, maybe the adultery issues, that's a problem, but the other stuff I don't believe to be an issue, but New Jersey's always the brunt of jokes. And to me, I always thought, wow, what, how great would it be to have pride in the New Jersey football team, which is Rutgers University? And that's always been the thing that has drived me and my fandom for the years. So I know I kind of took that on a tangent, but I wanted to just you know provide the background. No, you're right, and it, it it's a it's a New Jersey pride thing, right? You you're a Giants fan. You associate with New York City. I'm an Eagles fan. I associate with Philadelphia. But you know what? I, I've uh, one of my memories is going to Temple for an away game, and I'm using air quotes because I can literally almost hit a golf ball to Lincoln Financial Field from my house. Not really, but if I could, that'd be nice. Maybe Happy Gilmore. Yeah, Happy Gilmore. And giving crap to Temple fans because they were giving crap to me as a as a Rutgers New Jersey. I'm from New Jersey, man. Uh, but one of my earliest memories of going to a Rutgers game was the. The New Hampshire incident. Yeah, <laughs> as, as you know, uh, that was literally the first game I ever attended. Where after beating Michigan State in two thousand and four, uh, Rutgers met up with uh, the Chippa and and New Hampshire, and who did not go very well. But you and I, we we talked about it. We were at Louisville. We, we did road trips. Uh, we've seen good. We've seen bad. We've seen ugly. Uh, we froze our asses off when we thought Kyle Flood was going to get fired and he saved his job. Uh, we were the two idiots in the stands at that point. You know, we're both long. You're still a season ticket holder. Chris Ash drove me out. Greg Shiana was bringing me back in. Now, obviously, no season, but I've been a longtime donor in that time since. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Yeah. And I think, you know, you also, you touched upon it. And I mean, you know, we, what's great, uh, you know, we are, you know, best of friends and, and and known each other for eons. And, you know, we've always had a mutual respect towards each other's respective professional football fandoms. You with the Eagles, me with the Giants. And it was fun to actually share a team with you for once. Right. I mean, it was, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, you know, it's uh, wow. We actually get to root for the same thing for once because normally, you know, our interests diverge often. Uh, so it, it was fun, and, and you know we had a lot of memories going to games, and, and I'm sure we'll we'll sprinkle in some of the ridiculous stories that um, we had going to games throughout the episodes, which will be fun. Um, believe it or not, you're not going to believe it. Sometimes cheerleaders don't bring shoes to games. That's all I'm going to say for now. That so. is true. That is true. <laughs> uh, what we got? What we what we've got coming up? Uh, we have on the goal line stand, thegoallinestand.com. We have next week our Big Ten East and our Big Ten West football preview show. You can check that out. We are going to also, on this year program, have our Rutgers preview show. So we will talk Rutgers briefly in the Big Ten East program, but it's going to be predominantly here. We are working on rescheduling guest Chris Quay, who played under Shiano the first go-around. We were set to have Chris come on at the beginning of, I don't even know what we're going to call it, like, the first time that the season was set to go, he was going to join us in August as we were ramping up towards uh, kickoff number one. And then that got yeah. postponed and postponed. So Chris is in the midst of a little bit of a move, but we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk yeah. about your football. Uh, yep. Which is, uh, we love it. And uh, we're, we're thankful. Yeah. Chris is a little busy now, but we're going to, we'll find a time to get him on and uh, 
So it's going to be really interesting to hear his take on Shiano. And, you know, I wonder if he's heard through the, the, the grapevine, anything with respect to if Shiano has changed his uh, outlook on things, if he's able to, uh, you know, go into a room and not set the temperature at a particular, you know, slot. So <laughs> that'll be interesting. Exactly. Let's get into it. Let's get into the roster reveal and some of the news and some of the notes. Uh, yesterday, I texted you that I was very, very concerned <laughs> oh about God. the roster reveal. This, and you said, just, just relax. This isn't going to be as bad as you think. Maybe it was me reading the message boards too much. I don't know. I was really, I was really thinking that we were going to have the end of the world scenario here, that somebody of significance was going to leave. And, and you said, just, just relax. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing, right? And I, I think that us Rutgers fans, you know, we have our guy back. We have Greg Schiano back, and I'm thrilled to death. I mean, honestly, when I get pumped for the season, I just – I literally start watching his introductory press conference again. I mean, how awesome was it? Uh, but this is going to take time. You, you know, um, good old – it started with Flood and, and uh, Captain Cargo Pants. <laughs> Chris Ash really uh, left the cupboard bare. And, and you know, I think it, we're obviously going to get into it as the, as the episodes continue. Not only was it a recruiting issue, it really was a coaching and development issue. He brought in kids and then somehow they just never developed. So it's going to take time, you know, and, and I think reading the tea leaves, you, you, you know, uh, they, released some of the notes from Shiano's press conference this morning. And he was really harping on how they're trying to get this team to be super physical. I think he's very worried about this offensive line, which rightfully so. I think that's probably been one of the weakest units for the last several years. So it, it, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a process, you know, but we're getting better players. And I think now I do have faith that the coaches are going to coach them up. So that's the other part of this. So it's going to be interesting, yeah. But I, I, I'm I'm glad not only as a Rutgers fan, but for your the the sake of your mental health, that uh, the roster reveal was not as uh, terrible a, a, as you were predicting it to be. Or worrying yeah, I, really, me. I really don't know what I was expecting. I guess it's just been almost a decade worth of getting kicked in, in the shins. That I, I was. Were, really it was like you were expecting an SMU death. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting more of a fall off. And I really don't know why, because you just kind of hit on it. Shiano, we, we discussed at length how the, the guy's back, right? The guy's back. Yeah. Real quickly, before we get into the, the to the roster thing, yeah. been, there was a lot of talk on the board yeah. uh, about when is the roster coming out? When is the roster coming out? It was almost, uh, a, it became like a running joke, but people were seriously worried about it. Now, I wasn't worried about when, I was wor worried about who. To me, and some of the other Rutgers fandom guys out there, John Newman from uh, Scar Spotlight was, was kind of tweaking people a little bit on social media about it. It was very much normal. I actually appreciated it a little bit because it really felt like it did in 2009, like, hey, yeah. we're not skipping a beat here. We're not letting anybody know what's going on. It's normal. Normalcy. Yeah. You know, and, and the other thing that I think we fail to realize is, yeah, obviously we would like to know who's on the roster. But, you know, this is kind of, 
as you just mentioned, this is similar to 09, and this is in the Greg Schiano mold, which is, guess what? If he's going to find any competitive edge, he's going to use it. He's not going to give you, you know, reveal anything unless he absolutely has to. And so it is a little bit of a negative as a fan because you want to know. But guess what? If he's doing this in the name of competitive edge, by all means, I wish he'd have never released the roster. We could just figure it out uh, on the 24th. You know what I mean? So I'm okay with it. It was funny, though. There was a hysteria. Where's the rock? I mean, it was like, you know, people going over the Zapruda film. It was nuts. Yeah. Right. Looking at social media, who's in pictures, who isn't in pictures. It it, it was kind of crazy. Let's get into some of the moves here. There are a couple of noteworthy opt-outs that I think we need to discuss here. And with the biggest being Mike Lonsdorf, who by all accounts was slated to be a starting offensive lineman on this team. Yeah. So I think, well, both lit, uh, he is the biggest uh, in name on also literally, I mean, he's a six, eight, you know, 290 pound person. So uh, yeah, I mean, he was definitely, I think he would have had a chance to start at one of the tackle positions, but remember you have uh, Raekwon O'Neal, who is definitely implanted in one of the tackle spots and then they're really big on the, uh, you know, I haven't heard the correct pronunciation. I don't know if you have had, Mike, on Cedris uh, Palliant, the, um, you know, the JUCO transfer that we got. I don't know the proper pronunciation, so I, I, I apologize I there. We'll, we'll wait for, I'll wait for the, the Scarlet Nation guys to to make, to make do that. Maybe we yeah. can ask that on the next, ask the staff. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, so I, I think they were kind of the leaders in the clubhouse, but Lonsdorf definitely had a shot. But remember, you know, a few of these people, they just kind of said are no longer on the roster. Several of them, though, including Lonsdorf, are opt-outs. So Correct. technically he will be returning next year unless he's not asked back. So, right. which we don't know how – we don't know how this is going to work, right? Yeah. Uh, we will never crap on anyone for making this decision. Anyone yeah. who's listened to the goal line stand when we talk about NFL opt-outs, like you're making a decision for yourself and for your health and for your family, yeah. have at it. No problem with it. But it does beg the question, are they going to be allowed to come back? Everett Warmly was the other one. We knew that. He put yeah. out a, a social media post uh, six, eight weeks ago. And defensive lineman Matt Thomas was the other op- tradi- opt-out, COVID yeah. opt-out. Yeah. So, you know, again, um, you know, when you're talking about Thomas and Wormley, I think you're talking about two players who were a little bit further down on the depth chart. I don't know if they're necessarily going to come back. I don't know if they're maybe going to explore transfer options. Um, You know, you never really heard noise about Tom. You, You heard about Thomas getting bigger, but really aside from that, he never really made much of an impression, unfortunately. So, Again, I don't see, you know, and then in addition, there beyond the opt-outs, there were also players who they just are no longer on the roster, three of which come to mind. It was kind of, I, I mean, I, I don't know if they just left the program, left the school. They haven't, but these, and they have not entered the transfer portal either. Owen Bowles uh, on, yeah. and, on Oscar Sin and uh, Donald Williams, is that who we're referring to? Um, yeah, well, Donald Williams is because of an injury, so I believe right he's sort of 
Is he I great? call it the I don't know what the rule is, but I always refer to it back in the day. You remember the fullback from Brooklyn, Robert Joseph? Yes. In like, oh, he was like in the 09 class and he was injured. And because of that, he wasn't on the roster. I don't understand why you're not on the roster if you're injured, but I think so. I believe he's still part of the team. Otherwise, I think Shiana would have said he's no longer part of the part team of the at all. Part of the program, excuse me. So who's so, the third uh, It's uh, Naeem Anderson from Violent. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he had a strain. I mean, because he initially had, recruit, um, had gone to Maryland, and then when everything, all the issues with Durkin at Maryland, he then came early in the season to Rutgers. And I feel like he, he just was kind of a tweener and never found a home. Uh, just physically, because he's like a six one, two forty, probably too slow to play linebacker. Not big enough to play on the D line. So uh, obviously, look, we we wish all of these guys the best in whatever their future endeavors are. But those are the three that are no longer a part of the program. Yes, the uh, the connection to Sweden is slowly slowly disappearing. Uh, hey, they they had the opportunity to get an education. We hope it wasn't anything awful. And we move on. Yeah. I guess of note here is, is a return. And I'm interested in to see how this whole thing goes down. Cause, and it was an odd, it was an odd time when Elon Lamour decided he was going to declare for the NFL draft. Yeah. In well, February or March, it was kind of a head scratcher and he is back with the program. So according yep. to Chiano, he, he, I don't, this is weird. Like he got a waiver to come back. But I thought once you declared and you go through the process, you're out. I, so I don't know what's going on here. This could open up a can of worms for the NCAA as a whole. So I don't know the status, but one of uh, Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota, who opted out originally, has, is trying to get back in. And he had signed with an agent. And so he's going for the same waiver that Lamore just picked up. So I think technically if you were not drafted and you never signed with a team during the undrafted free agency period, I, I guess you can apply for a waiver. I, I, I was not aware of that, but yeah. I do, know, I do know that coach khakis up there in Michigan has been where he's pushed for this to be a rule that if you don't get drafted, similar kind of to the NBA, you can yeah. declare for the draft, but if you don't get drafted, you can come back. It does make sense. But this is this is good. I, I'm 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 excited that he is back in the fold. Lumore is back in the fold. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do under this regime. Yeah, you know, I completely forgot. Did you uh, remember he was an All Big Ten freshman? He made the All Freshman Big Ten team, or however you want to word it. Um, so he he's got talent. Um, I definitely and now. That he's got the waiver. Technically, he could actually play for another two years, right? Which is really awesome. I mean, I don't know if he's going to want to, whatever. Um, but look, and we go back to the coaching. You know, uh, our last two, our last two defensive line coaches, bef- uh, after Coach Panagos had left, have been a disaster. And Coach Panagos will get them coached up properly. So I think that Lamore is going to be, I, he's going to be a good uh, addition. 
you know, him to vert off. You, you're going to get some pass rushing abilities. And when, you know, when we get into the team preview, you you have this team is as stout as it's ever been now, at least for one year in the middle with the defensive tackles, which is really nice. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone remembers the early Greg Schiano years when things kind of start to turn around. It was turned around on defense first yeah. before offense. So hopefully we're going to be getting back to that. One of the more exciting, I, I would have called it exciting transfers into the program uh, was Peyton Powell coming from Baylor and Odessa Permian, uh, go, you know, Mojo, Friday Night Lights. Yeah. A little bit of an athlete. There was a lot of questions as to where he was going to, to end up. He came in as a quarterback transfer from Baylor, but a lot of people thought maybe wide receiver. Is he gonna is he gonna fit into the new system and off on offense? Well, it turns out he's coming in as a defensive back. What are your thoughts there? Um, you know, I and you're gonna see this with a lot of these because I'm going to just sort of rely upon the coach's expertise. But from all reports and, and just from watching the videos, he definitely looked like even from his quarterback playing days, he definitely looked like an athlete playing quarterback as opposed to a quarterback that has great athleticism. Uh, so it, it made all the sense in the world, whether it was wide receiver running back, um, you know, I'm sure he's got a little bit of nasty and likes to tackle. So, and you know, that's always been a big part of Shiano defensive backs is, is physicality. So I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Uh, you know, one thing um, to keep in mind is Shiano is not mentioned with respect to any of these transfers, which ones have been granted waivers yet. So that's the only thing to, to I guess, worry about a little bit is whether or not he's going to have the opportunity to play this year. Yeah, we'll find that. I, I Shiano said he's going to uh, unveil the depth chart next Monday. So I imagine we're going to have an idea at that point yeah. Where so when guys are slotted, Giovanni Haskins is being another one. A lot of people excited that he's fine. He's here. He's at Rutgers after after his uh, tenure down there in uh, West Virginia. And, and first Coral Gables. No, that's right. Oh, yeah, God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So is he going to be able to play? We don't know. We're going to find out in in the next uh, couple of weeks. I actually would have thought. Powell maybe would have fit in on the offense a little bit more, but it does make sense considering what we just talked about that to, to rebuild the image to kind of go back to that hardworking defense. Yeah. And also another thing you think about, he kind of reminds me a little bit of like, say a Marcus Cooper, who, by the way, uh, we actually listed today or post, he was part of our big 10 Countdown on Instagram at GL Stand Show. Because uh, he's wore number 12, and we have 12 days until the game. So, you know, um, so Powell 6'2, I think he would make for a nice long, rangy corner, which is something that Shiano likes. So, it's another thing to take into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else stand out on this initial reveal to you where it, it kind of made you say, oh, now that's interesting? Um, and this was a point raised by the guys on Scarlet Nation. The fact that both Robert Longerbeam and Jesse Parsons uh, were listed a wide receiver. Robert Longerbeam, who uh, attended – well, it, it's really interesting, Mike, you think about. We have incoming players from very historic schools. 
So we have Peyton Powell from Odessa Permian and Robert Longerbeam from T.C. Williams in Arlington. So, like, we have all these great movies. We're gonna have we're gonna have the all movie team. I know it's it's really amazing. As long as you nobody know. comes from Allenville, we're gonna be okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, well, next we're gonna have someone from Ampipe, <laughs> which is actually a fictional school, but nevertheless, uh, longer beam in Parsons going to wide receiver. I think that that unfortunately might be if you read the tea leaves there that means that Aaron Crookshank is not going to get a waiver. Really? You think so? Or is it just... I that? wonder. So Crookshank, I mean, he was at Wisconsin. Obviously, he has a huge play in the Rose Bowl, returns a kick. Uh, do you think he is more of a... And we can get to this on our preview show, but I envisioned him more of a return man, specialist, kind of he's out there in space. He kind of doing a whole bunch of different things versus a traditional wide receiver. You're going to kind yeah. of all over the place. Oh, I agree with you there. He's going to be lined up all up, but that's how I kind of view longer beam and Parsons because they're, I mean, they're smaller guys too. True. So the, I, I sort of view them in that same ilk. And I think Crookshank is listed as a wide receiver as well. So th- that, that to me was just one thing that I sort of, um, I, I guessed, so to speak. Um, Sean Collins, who was recruited as a tight end going to defensive end, uh, I don't necessarily view that in a negative. I think that just means maybe just based upon his size and development. Development. Really interested to see Victor Kanopka, um, originally from Don Bosco, never played a down of football at Don Bosco, then went to Blair as a PG, played football. 6'7", 245. And he really only has one year, or excuse me, one off season of college strength and conditioning. So I think, you know, in two years, you, you're going to have like a 6'7", 260 tight end. Yeah, That's a kid who in Iowa becomes an, off- an All-American offensive tackle. You, you were absolutely correct. I was going to say it's going to be interesting to see how he develops. Yeah. Does he develop into that tight end at Antonio Gates? He was a basketball, uh, yeah, a basketball yeah. player. Was going to Army West Point on a yeah, that's right. Scholarship. Yeah, does he become a tight end or does he just keep growing to where yeah. you, you slide him down? I, it, it happens, you know. I mean, look, a few fat arrows and he's an offensive tackle. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. I don't think they're. <laughs> I, I think the smoothie machine is still. Uh, in, in yeah, from, I think from that's the- look, and, and you know, I'm sure we could probably devote a whole, and we probably will at some point more so in the off season about the Chris Ash era. The one thing he did do, he did bring in some elements to the program which were needed and, and mirrored that of other big-time programs. I mean, the whole thing about, like, a chef, the 24-hour food service, it was amazing the things they didn't have. That's because the genius coach before him was busy at con- uh, attending concerts uh, the night before the game. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're entertaining. Oh, yeah, of course. Um you know, uh, I think Isaiah Wright is going to make for a very good offensive lineman, give him a year or two coming from um, from St. Peter's Prep. Uh, you know, I was actually surprised the Brendan Bordner move. You know, I, I guess Chris Ash was not as big on, on uh, position changes. He just liked to have kids wallow in mediocrity. Uh, but I thought the Bordner would make for a good offensive lineman. So interested to see that. Then the other one actually that would surprise me, 
was uh, Jameer Wright Collins coming from uh, Patterson. He's like 6'2", 215. I thought he was going to be a linebacker. So right. I, he, I guess he's just going to be a big, bruising running back. Kind of like we, there's Gus a lot Edwards. Of, there's a lot of unknowns there, though. We don't know what we, we, we have, what the offense is going to be. We have an idea. You can go back. You can watch Princeton. You can watch Oklahoma State a year ago and have yeah. an idea. Uh, is Does he become an H-back? Does he become that? Uh, yeah. Uh, not a tight end. He's not a fullback. He's kind of uh, this guy that's multiple roles. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I think, though, the one thing, and, and I agree with you, you get hints about what the offense could be watching Princeton from the past and watching Oklahoma State last year. But I think the other great thing about Gleason, at least from all reports, is he's smart enough and flexible enough where he's going to develop a system based upon the traits of his players, which is something we haven't had in a while. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else stand out to you? We're really just kind of looking at some of the changes. We'll, We'll get into this next week with the preview show when we look at quarterback competition, which is apparently still ongoing. There, there's no real movement there. Anything else? Um, I guess really the only other announced change was uh, Brian Ugwu from Hillside uh, heading down to the D-line, which I thought was kind of inevitable. He was just a really big linebacker, and I thought the more he put on weight, the, it was the sooner he was going to end up being a D-lineman. And he's, you know, he's a very explosive guy. So I think he could eventually take the the form of a, an Elon Lumor and, you know, a guy like that. And I think he could contribute as, as an edge rusher eventually. We are 12 days away from kickoff. Yeah. 12 noon on the Big Ten Network against Michigan State. We are going to be back next week. We are going to talk the depth chart. We are going to give you our preview of the season what we think is going to happen, our hopes of what what is going to happen. We're going to keep this very, very real. It's going to be a football thing. We understand these guys are – they're not paid. They're not paid athletes. So we're not going to slam a kid because he doesn't make a tackle. We we get that. Uh, We'll talk recruiting a little bit. Some of us may have jobs that (laughs) when on – Fields, I can't necessarily say I really think this player is great because that might be considered uh, what an, an improper benefit to a wide receiver running down a field trying to catch a pass with an official saying, "Hey, he lives. yeah." No, absolutely. I, I, Mike, I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, look, you, you don't have a bias towards him, and you wish all the kids well, uh, and you you love your job, and it, you know it's great. So, yeah, that's why we're going to. I, I think with respect to recruiting, I think, you know, probably the safest thing will be we're only going to talk about kids once they've signed. Yeah, absolutely. Once they've signed, we can discuss it. Uh, yeah. I, I have the privilege in, in a side gig of being able to see a lot of kids play very close and up up close to the action, closer than a lot of people, closer than a lot of, closer than a lot of scouts. So I, I think it it's a little bit of a different – vision it's a little diff- different mindset and it's going to be fun this has been the first show it's a bonus episode we'll be back with official episode numero uno next week in the meantime follow the show go to the goallinestand.com you can follow the main show at gl stand show and at night talk on twitter for this here program and look if you're a giant or jet fan i'm sorry 
you know, you're, it's the race to the bottom at this point, though. Hey, my Eagles are joining it. So if you're a football fan, hop over, go join our group. We look forward to talking college, pro football with you, and of course, Rutgers football. I'm Mike. That's Brett. Uh, what section one? We're still from section the high view from section one thirty one. I think they were the best seats. Uh when were we one thirty one? No, we weren't one thirty one. We were. We started at one sixteen, and then moved to one eighteen, and then one twenty. Although I had some issues a certain night. Was it one twenty? One twenty were the good seats. Oh yeah, one high atop one twenty. Yeah, then we're going to – I guess one episode we're going to talk about jinxes and a certain family member of yours is not going to like hearing what I have to say. Family members are banned from coming to games. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let's see.